Thank you so much for listening to Urbanistica podcast. I am Mustafa Sharif, an urban planner, and you're more than welcome to join my big journey of exploring the making of smarter and more livable cities. Please don't forget to follow Urbanistica on the different social media platforms. And also let's connect on LinkedIn. Big thanks to Urbanistica podcast partner, Avery. Avery is an international engineering and design company providing sustainable solutions in the fields of energy, industry, and infrastructure. Are you ready for a new episode? Let's go for it. I have the pleasure to welcome you, Dani, to Urbanistica podcast. Hey, and welcome. Hello, and hello to all the listeners. How are you doing? Thank you. Very fine. Beautiful day in Helsingborg. Yes, welcome Thank to the city. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having us in the city. My pleasure. So so how do you find the city so far? It's like your first time here? Yeah, first time. Second time in Sweden. Very first time in Helsingborg. Uh, I find it uh, actually amazing. You could see the innovation outside. Yesterday I had the impression walking down for the first time because we arrived super late night uh, and we stay a bit further out that it's like uh, every single part of the place, the concrete, the stone is broken to make it green. Yeah. Uh, such amazing. Though actually, as we learned in Sradar, uh, eventually it's not really the same. So you can feel this uh, division. Between yeah. Us. For how long, for how long are you staying here? Uh, only short time, three days. Mm. So on Friday we'll go to Copenhagen, where I actually haven't been either. So okay, I know a lot nice. about it, but finally we can. Then it's a great trip to Scandinavia. Exactly, and we got in you to Germany by train, so quite a <laughs> few hectic days. Awesome. So, Danny, you are our storyteller. How would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners and and tell us what are you passionate about? I'm an urban planner and also I'm a water polo coach by training and I do these both these professions. I try to combine these uh, two professions sets. Is it possible? Uh, yeah, you know, morning and <laughs> afternoon and <laughs> evening. Uh, it's possible, but it's a lot of time. Uh, but on the other hand, um, I'm of course uh, quite into, quite passionate about these things. Um, I live, I guess I live for the city. Uh, I'm born and raised within the city. Uh, I breathe the city and I wanted to work with the city for a long time. So I hope I understand it, at least when yeah. I actually study it. <laughs> and uh, and basically, yeah, I just want to, I, I strive for, I, I live for making better urban communities because this is our primary environment. This is where we live in. This is where the world is living more and more. And uh, And of course, the future is concerning. Obviously, we are not having easy times let alone particular challenges of the moment. Uh, of course, if you don't, uh, if you don't strongly try to intervene and be prepared for this future, then we will be in big trouble. Yeah. But you also, you, are you both like landscape architect and urban planner? I'm not truly a landscape architect. I did study, I finished my bachelor's in landscape architecture, but focusing on the city and urban mm. management. Mm. Then I went to the Delft University of Technology to to study urbanism. So I consider more myself much more of a urbanist, urban planner. Yeah. 
um, than with the landscape. But I understand that landscaping. So, so for example, when designers, I mean, I see a design either on paper or in real life. Yeah, I, uh, I, I can guess whether it's working or not. <laughs> and tell us, Danny, more about your childhood. Where you grew up? How was your childhood? I grew up in a in a residential uh, area uh, just outside of the center of Budapest, and basically it was uh, it was this small community uh, with uh, mid-rise buildings, and I spent my childhood on the street. And for example, it's it's of course a shameful thing to see how it changed over time and right now the parking place we played football in the parking spot all yeah. the time same here like yeah them. but you spent you spent time uh, in the street because like it was tight at home or you just because the you love to be outdoor um bit of both it was not like we lived in a castle of course it was just an apartment uh yeah. but but uh, but we we enjoyed our time outdoors mm. we enjoyed playing football we enjoyed playing catching each other and hide and seek in the yeah in the bushes and all around <laughs> the, the parks uh and i'm really sorry that kids of these days uh don't really have this uh opportunity mm. Mm. uh yeah, like basically we reclaimed. Looking back, to be frank, I, <laughs> when you reflect in a later stage of your life, it's like we reclaimed those spaces. Yeah. Yeah. The parking spot was our football ground. Of course, there was a lot of conflicts because we kicked people's car and stuff. <laughs> um, but on the other hand, because of that as well, you were part of the community because you know, and everybody knew exactly who these kids are. Everybody yeah. knew what was happening. So worst case, if there was some small damage, you could actually figure it out because I mean, yeah, those kids, those e exactly, parents. Exactly. Yeah. Them. Yeah. So, so it was a uh, different times, uh, definitely more romantic times. Yeah, and uh, yeah, by now kids play PlayStation. <laughs> That's actually what my I mean I'm professionally driven to get people out outdoor, to, yeah. outdoors again. No, because it's I think we have almost the same story because when I lived in Baghdad, uh, at home it was tight, so we are kind of forced to be outdoor. But even outdoor was like even it was super sunny and hot. But you have to do you know like to play, to sit, and to chat. Even sometimes do homeworks outdoor with yeah. friends. <laughs> Just, yeah, reading and preparing. Yeah. I think it's an underrated discussion, especially in terms of the housing qualities. Yeah. And the, and I think COVID uh, was revealing that a bit. Mm. Yet we don't talk in terms of spatial outdoor development. And I, anyway, urban development, we don't talk enough of living spaces and how public spaces can be your living room. Yeah. But then it's interesting because you, you were abroad, you studied in different universities. But you still, you went back to Budapest. Usually people, when they study abroad, you, they change their minds. Okay, I want to be in that city and don't come back home. Not all of them, of course, but many. I stayed outside more than six years in yeah. my 20s. Uh, eventually, I went home for some private professional reasons. And, uh, and then just opportunities grew to on each other for like uh, less than a year. And eventually, I got this request to whether I would help a particular uh, mayor implement uh, his program that we actually co-created and I helped create. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is, um, it's just the opportunities, uh, you know, take you to certain <laughs> places you don't expect and you, that's don't, true. you don't even believe. Yeah. And then uh, that's it. You are in the middle of it. <laughs> that's true. So before we, we, you start to tell us the story, uh, I would love, like, how about your career? What did you work with? Was it your first job, like this position position you have now, or 
Luckily not. That would be crazy. I I had a lot of different jobs, shorter, longer, uh, through time. Also, like, it's actually my first real job was a salesman. Maybe that's why I can teach <laughs> quite okay. And uh, and after after studies, I was getting a bit uh, sort of burned out of some technical mm. uh, this technology discussions. Mm. I wanted to be more into into the social sphere. I was also exploring uh, within my thesis. Uh, these boundaries and i was working two years at isocar the international society of region and yeah uh and steve planners <laughs> long time i've not been <laughs> practicing this and um city and regional planners and uh and after that uh i was with uh i actually wanted to have some budapest experience because i was away for five years okay uh, so i was working a bit with makerspace Mm. Uh, I was making leading workshops with children, helping with working with um, industrial revolution for technologies, laser cutting, 3D printing, microelectronics. We were building city models, so I could combine this um, raising children's awareness for the sustainable city yeah. while actually building super cutting edge models. Uh, that was that was probably still yeah. like one of the coolest <laughs> things I've done. I did multiple workshops. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was, uh, I've lived in Zurich after that. I was working in uh, the Solar Decathlon Europe uh, competition. I was in Budapest. Um, I had different projects. I was in Climate Kick Accelerator. Um, and I was writing at some point. I was a consultant writing uh, uh, programs uh, for elections. Wow. And basically, they turned to be successful. So that's also how I... Uh, managed to what do you mean by program programs like uh, plans and visions and so on or uh, we actually we literally wrote a budapest vision budapest 2.0 we call it and uh, it was rather popular and we had some good feedback about it because no like it's been a while that uh, that the team has been speaking about budapest in such a concise fashion yeah in the, uh, in the upcoming two decades context um Yeah, and some others as well, but just like a couple of tangible mm. uh, offers of particular spaces yeah. and places. I really believe in, like, you know, urban development is eventually political. And it's a common affair. It's a shared story. So I really uh, I really think that uh, even on the smaller details, it's good to deal with it on a, on a higher true. scale and on a higher decision level. Mm. Very true. So what a big career journey you had until you start to work. It's it's weird because uh, <laughs> because yeah it's, I, I can't really call it like a career track since it, <laughs> it's not like a very linear <laughs> linear. Way I mean, you explore from. different uh, areas. Yeah, that's definitely true, and I'm also interested in quite some different areas and um, different spectrums because I believe they all contribute to the same topic. So yeah. it's uh, it's interesting to to see different sides. To be frank, I mean, if we want, if we are having this honest conversation, I was actually planning to have like a 10 years practice, 10 years, um, 10 year politics and 10 year academia. Uh, good and luck. Then you'll see. And yeah, uh, that got, uh, that got shifted and distorted pretty fast. So I don't, I don't know what's up anymore. <laughs> I give up. Yeah, exactly. So how, how did you like, because you're also like a coach, right? How do you combine this? Like, do you, do you separate them or you think about it? one of them when you're on the other side in terms of uh thinking uh, about the actual 
uh, yeah. details. Yeah. Uh, it's of course separated. I mean, you focus on what you need to. On the other hand, there are a lot of uh, soft skills that come with the with both of the stories mm. uh, that I can uh, really galvanize in uh, in uh, in both ways. So, for instance, I think I'm a lot more creative. I mean, if I may say that. Uh, I'm 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 more creative as a coach and try mm-hmm. to create different stuff and uh, different stories, exercises, um, solutions to problems. Yeah, uh, and also like as a in in the urbanism field, uh, my uh, sort of people skills uh, helping me to mm. to you know yeah get, get get through different stories. Which one? Which team is easier to lead? <coughs> the The one in the municipality, or the one on cities, or the other one? Can't really, can't really <laughs> define that directly. Uh, you know, it's people, so yeah, with different agendas, yeah, demands, interests, mm. fears, answer, security, and insecurity. True, true. So, so you get the request, and how did the story start? Well, by disbelief, <laughs> because I'm, uh, I was like, wow, you serious about this? <laughs> um, what what was the re- request to to be the deputy vice mayor uh, in a district in Budapest responsible for urban development? So whatever we do in terms of uh, development and uh, and management uh, to oversee that uh, and make sure things that we discussed beforehand is implemented, mm. uh, which is a big deal in a case of an eighty thousand people, seven square kilometer high density wow. uh, urban area in Europe. So how did you how did you react when you got the request? You be like, oh, but the, the, the very first request I got before I had a short project in Frankfurt, so I was laughing literally. Are you serious? <laughs> and but and then the, the elections were a week later, and nobody like we didn't have to such a big chance to yeah. to win. Uh, but then on the go, like the numbers uh, started adding up, and I was like, okay, well, yeah. it's, apparently it's serious. So <laughs> I can I still had to go back to Frankfurt, but I was yeah. like, in my mind, I was already like, okay, this is uh, this is high. I yeah. continue. And I literally flew in from Frankfurt to uh, to the city council to to swear in, and uh, and I have to say that was quite a culture shock. Like I was working a bit in Brazil, in South Africa, mm-hmm. but uh, but to be in the council for the first time. Uh, with all mm. those actually political nonsense as well and, and debates and uh, that was a huge shock so Be- i was like okay i will have to i will have to survive here <laughs> <laughs> because like it's how to say it there is a friction and it's not uh, so friendly or yeah we have a we have a huge uh friction it's more like it's more like a theater you know okay. it's actually quite annoying that you know like what kind of discussions you can have in yeah. the background but my my we have a very politically sensitive area mm. um territory and uh, also my mayor is uh, quite active and uh and uh, fights a lot with uh, also in terms of the previous administration yeah so they hate him and because of that it's like a constant clash also we have some councilmen who okay so so, w- so which uh, which district you have and what are the challenges there that y- you start to need to solve It's a very complex story because previously it uh, it was basically the the most disadvantaged area, also very segregated area in a very large, uh, very large territory uh, in a, in the center of Budapest. And then the late nineties, um, the the administration uh, 
realizing that they launched the program to to start uh well step by step getting out of this uh miserable situation because it was like a very down spiral mm. so it, to let it much happen much more that's like a humanitarian crisis so there there came programs european programs some government funded programs is it just specific for this area or no it's uh yeah it's quite specific okay. for the area mm-hmm. i mean you can compare it to Sadr, for example here but uh, it was much worse there yeah uh, like with actual humanitarian crisis mm. okay uh, really incredible unemployment uh, very diverse population mm. uh, a lot of uh, roma population uh, who society had prejudices uh, against and uh, yeah so there were programs and start slowly um started to uh, get the area out of misery in that sense mm. uh, also it came with some gentrification and a lot of people uh had to uh, leave their places but a lot of people actually did get better apartments within the area okay. so that's that's a pretty great achievement mm. and overall the previous administration made some public space developments but they liked bricks instead of uh veg- instead of vegetation okay so all around uh we have a we have a space where the the building stock is in mid to low uh condition the public spaces are in mid to low condition mm. uh, there's an incredible lack of green space and green per capita within the whole area uh so greening mobility interventions you know parking all around um and the housing stock are our main uh spatial agenda mm. but of course it's <laughs> we cover quite a bit so it's not such a yeah big offer but it's obvious that we have to deal with such a scale mm. so how did you start to work on it like as because you got the job and uh, for for how long have you been working there a couple of right now two and a half years yeah so so what what, what was like how to say the projects or the task that you, you you work with a couple of tangible projects we promised beforehand so we knew okay we have like, to deal with this like for example that there is a street where the the garden of the of the healthcare center and the playground are very fragmented from each other and there's a gap mm. street parking uh, and we said we make a like, one big public space where we connect these spaces and then they turn to be a great place to to make like a core street yeah of one of the neighborhoods uh like a neighborhood center and uh, for example like when when we got there then we could uh, this was a tangible promise so you can start working on it it turns out that there's actual finalized design mm. which is very different and very car oriented and basically does nothing just to to change the asphalt to go to yeah. stones uh, so we had to redesign the entire project uh, there was community development uh, community design participative mm. design so you talk with people we talk with people a lot because one of our key uh, promises of the campaign was uh, being uh, putting more efforts into participation okay. and, and working in a participative mm. environment so we talked with people a lot and of course it's not easy uh, how, how was the reaction because i guess like they were left behind for a few years for many years and then you come to them and say hello in theory and in some parts of the community it's quite positive but when it comes to practice and when for example you have to be there because of course participation is a double-sided yeah. uh, story right so yeah. everybody has to put the effort in mm. i mean yeah it's not like vast uh, the vast majority wants to put that effort but it's a it's an ongoing process and it's we, we have different results too it's clear that the more efforts we put into it 
uh, the better outcomes we get. Mm. The more we go in and talk to people, uh, it works better. What, what do you mean when you say effort? Like in terms of, of what? Of, of time or uh, campaign or what? Well, uh, the time, of course, is, uh, is important, but that's just the side effect because, for example, if we go door to door, then quite good uh, quite res- good results we get but we don't really have the resources to do that all the time so yeah. um, you know sometimes it's just these online consultations mm. that are quite superficial and it's hard to it's good to get some feedback but it's hard to really consider it a participative approach yeah yeah so so this was one of the projects yeah there was one of the projects in overall you know just overlook what what's going on and what you, where you, we want to go uh, what public spaces we want to deal with um how we want to deal with them what what they can offer mm. uh, i'm personally working a lot on on uh on making these plans and uh and ideas and together with the teams uh we just make projects out of them yeah and then basically like right now we have multiple uh implementations already nice but the budget is from the government or from the european That's a really messed up story because we basically <laughs> have, we have a pretty big budget in general. That's good, no? Eight, nine million euro per year. Wow. Uh, and no. It's it's big? No, no, no. no, no, no more, no, right? No, no, much more than that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, sir. No, we have about um, 80 million euro budget. Yeah, yeah. 80, yeah. That's the scale. 80 90 but like they're the changing so much this budget is for for the district or for the entire budapest no for the district only okay that's for our district mm. the entire budapest is, uh, yeah the whole public uh, transport everything that's mm, a huge mm, budget yeah um that's about a billion even uh, wow mm. and um uh, so so the budget comes from a lot of different local taxes uh parking um parking fees different public space uses um and the, we have a clash with the government because uh, they take away they started taking away taxes okay. there was a huge municipal shift uh, in mm. politics in 2019 so the government hates some municipalities they make a lot okay, of, yeah they make some different bills to take away as mm-hmm. many resources as they can uh, to of course make our life harder yeah and um It's actually ridiculous to say that the government takes away money from a right. municipality. In fact, this is the exact opposite. Most of the world actually does, especially in terms of the pandemic um, context and helping those communities and those municipalities that actually deal with the people and help the people on the mm. spot. That's true. The ground. So, well, they take the <laughs> they take away the money and they take away development funds. So, mostly development funds we can generate by having we still have a huge, uh, huge building stock and uh, and assets. Uh, some that uh, that are hard to utilize yeah so we can still sell some and redevelop the the neighborhood uh, mm-hmm. district with that so basically we it's just a, an asset conversion yeah. or management we sell some properties that we can't really do anything with mm. and then uh, we develop stuff in places spaces that uh, that yeah makes sense to improve in the long term do you spend a lot of time on the organizational how to say conflict instead of working on the actual project on the streets uh, you mean the orgware and yeah. how the whole no i mean like in the organization now you mentioned like uh, the budget and the municipality the government the team the previous administration oh so, yeah i deal with it a lot personally yeah, like as the, well yeah and also i mean as a team we deal with exactly it yeah 
I mean, it's, of course, it's super important. And we've talked about creative bureaucracy in the placemaking context as well. Um, I really feel that in my, uh, <laughs> on my shoulders, yeah. uh, how, how the whole structure works. And, and I mean, it has a huge influence on, on the efficiency that we work with. Like, for example, how to get from idea to implementation. Mm-hmm. Um, creative bureaucracy and bureaucracy itself, of course, is all around. You always listen to these stories that like, we had these ideas and those ideas and yeah. we couldn't do much because of the, the administration. <laughs> so of course you have to streamline the administration mm-hmm. and like, I'm quite a bully because like things that, I, things that I believe in and things that I talk about, uh, has nothing to do with what these administrations have seen before. Yeah. So basically it's like, uh, we had, a, we had some clashes in the beginning and we yeah. had, we had to explain, uh, uh in long processes mm. what uh what exactly we mean by f- certain things but it's very rewarding because once you get there and everybody internalize uh the story then um then basically okay spot on let's get to work exactly what, what do you think danny what do you think was or is the key to get problems solved or to get them on the same page as yours it's imp- like but that is when the whole coaching story also comes back because we talk about teams right yeah so first of all, obviously you have to, in, you have to have everybody internalize the story and feel, feel the outcomes and feel the values on within your own. team. Exactly. And within my, my closer teams and within and the, the whole administration, yeah. because, uh, I mean, problems in every kind of organization start when you don't have ownership on, on what you, what you want to achieve. So of course, for example, in terms of discussing the values of the projects and the, the potential outcomes. Uh, can never be too too long because it it's worth to invest all these times. Yeah. The good thing is when, of course, we replicate the projects or at least their uh, their main uh, sides, then you don't have to talk about the values all the time again. And we are pretty concise. We are I'm very strong being very consistent on the values that we talk about. So it's not like oh, this is what we want to do here, and this is how we like big parking uh, spaces here and a lot of green there. Mm-hmm. No, we are in a very green. Uh, very green, very livable, uh, very social, very social uh, trajectory. Are um, you are you bold in in your leadership? Like I'm you very, say, this is it. Um, I'm, I'm. I listen, of course, and we discuss. So everybody can always ask questions, and everybody can always uh, be critical and and form critique. So eventually, the the conclusion should be mutual. Yeah, but I'm very bold at what I want to do and with the direction we want to take. Mm. And I, we have, I mean, it's the same as the mayor's vision. Yeah, that's why we are also doing it together. Mm. Uh, I was actually surprised in the beginning, like, oh, I can get somebody who's who's such like me. And he was also like, I have somebody (laughs) who can help me because he's uh, so like like the the mayor. Yeah, we never fight about like okay, kicking out uh, 10 parking spots for 20 trees. That's not like Yeah, because you believe in the same thing. Exactly. We know, like, you know, we don't have to, like, argue the, argue for this. Yeah. And uh, that's, but that's really important because uh, to be consistent in that, um, that helps these decision-making processes and also, like, uh, you know, the conversations outside. Yeah. People know what to expect from us. It's not like a roller coaster. Mm. I have to say that in the beginning, uh, it was harder to, to go through some clashes. Be- because uh, defend of defend our policies because of um because uh first of all i mean the way we came from we came from completely from outside including the mayor he was a civilian uh and f- the fact that i see my name in all different contexts in the news uh i mean you have to deal with that okay uh and that's uh that's a that's a process that you go through and eventually um 
you start dealing with it. And and ironically, when I was like, oh, all these politicians, like when they don't care about the people and yeah. they being dickheads. But of course, you do care, but you obviously have to, if some um, counter agencies say some bad stuff about you, you can't yeah. really feel that deep, especially when you believe in uh, in what you, where you are going. And to be honest, I mean, being with you guys and in the placemaking Europe network mm, as mm, well, and mm. some other um, friends I have who strive for, who live for making a better city, that's a mm. really huge encouragement for me to to like, okay, I mean, I know it's tough now, and I don't know, I know that there's no, no precedent, there's no history in this yeah. city about these discussions, but I know it's the right discussion. And I don't know if we go there, eventually looking back in retrospect, it's gonna be like, yeah, you took the right direction. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm okay listening for two hours uh, about where people will park in a street where we actually just removed like thirty percent of the parking but made it incredibly green. Awesome. So eventually, like I mean, kidding me? Like this is the best compromise <laughs> that ever existed. All right. <laughs> to be frank, I I think there were a lot more parkings <laughs> to to make them green yeah, and parklets yeah. and terraces. Um. So yeah, yeah. It's it's like. For example, in this in this public forum, uh, at like halftime, I gave a speech like, you know, <laughs> we are working for the future and for your children yeah. and your grandchildren. Yeah. So I understand the demands of the present and mm. to certain minority demands of the yeah. present, but I have to look for the the majority demands of the future. Of course, because when I when we invest, uh, you know, half uh, half million euro or one million or two million euro in a in a bigger story, you have to make that future proof. Otherwise, it's basically a waste of taxpayers' yeah, money. And I true. would say it's actually treason with the citizens. Mm, that's true. I, I just want to go back to the point of uh, the network and placemaking Europe network. I think I sometimes I feel the same, like uh, belonging to this kind of community gives a lot of motivation and a lot of help. Maybe sometimes not professionals because you cannot like work on the same project. But like, you know, this uh, atmosphere and vibes that you're you're on the right direction and you're not alone even like sometimes it feels like you're alone but you have the support from people and that's why it's uh it's really important to to be part of these uh, mm. communities yeah i actually showed some projects in one of the working groups i even got feedback so uh, okay i mean i showed it to get it was okay uh, that's nice we had uh, we had this training uh last yeah. year love in uh, which love uh, in which uh, working group and placelet placelet development okay yeah, um, yeah multiple more more guys uh yeah. shared and uh, then we discussed because eventually that's that's the i find it superficial sometimes to have these conversations in conferences like oh i did this and i did that yeah and the main question is how you did it because you all know these images and we, we, all, we, we all know the the vision and 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 the what but the how is the missing and talking about bureaucracy and creative bureaucracy and the administrations and all these struggles yeah like the Barcelona chief architect of like half a year ago showed me uh how the, it, in uh, three weeks Xavi? Yeah, yeah Xavi amazing guy yeah uh, he show he showed in a in a session uh how they made uh these places around schools yeah. in three weeks and I was like man I mean it looks beautiful it's super <laughs> but tell me but in three weeks no way <laughs> now you, okay now you please yeah. kindly explain how that, how that happened in three weeks and he's like yeah before the winter break the mayor says to all the all the companies now you have to work together and this is where yeah. you have to go I mean I don't really want to say it because it's it's his no, story did, and he knows it better yeah, and I don't want I, to make I, a mistake on it I did the podcast with him and he also like yes we transformed I think like 300 schools they're like whoa 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 wait <laughs> <laughs> now, now starts the conversation 
Yeah, the glorious how. I mean, eventually yeah. the pitches were like, what? Why? Okay, so far, yeah. better, okay. Yeah. But how? The how, yeah. But do you, is there like a pressure on you from the media as well? Um, oh. Not really. But on the other hand, I actually don't know either because in the very beginning, I was surprised. We made public forums, we went to every neighborhood and we made a lot of, let's say, innovative looking ideas. I mean, by feedback, it was innovative, like, um, I, like people, urban development ideas. Yeah, urbanism ideas, uh, community ideas, mm. rarely uh, newcoming uh, sort of yeah. community leaders talk about these things. And then I gave interviews in very mainstream media, in like I was in Forbes Hungary uh, in a three page long interview. Uh, it started with one page, then they wanted two more. So, I mean, there was, there was yeah. feedback, that yeah. things that we talk about is interesting and it's, um, yeah. it has a place and demand for. And, uh, and basically it looked like that there will be covering and that is, there's an interest around these things that we do. But then of course it was very early and then we had to, we started getting deeper. We got our hands dirty. We were working our, yeah. our butt of, um, 60, 70 hours per week. And, um, and of course you don't get results for a while. You act, it's really hard to yeah. show. In the first year we were super tight on the budget. We barely, I, I haven't done anything realized in the first year. Okay. Like, there's nothing to show. So of course it's mentally very daunting. Yeah. Yeah. The second year starts some, uh, some shorter term results and yeah. by now. And this year, this is like uh, Start this is harvesting time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's why also I'm, I'm a lot more uh, confident and comfortable with the whole situation. Yeah. But for example, of course, you get some pressure like, okay, nothing is happening here. Like the Kandi opposing yeah. media, nothing is happening. Nothing is even involved. the people, maybe. Uh, people, of course, as well. Yeah. Uh, and then you have to deal with this narrative. But also, it's, it's a conflict like, okay, we haven't built some stuff because we had to redesign your crap. I mean, I'm sorry to say that, but yeah, I'm not paying money for an, on, uh, yeah. on this nonsense. Mm -hmm. um, but also tactically, uh, we made a lot of uh, interventions now. And uh, so I, if you walk around in certain places, you can see, okay, there's a little bus here, something is happening. That's cool. So then actually the, the demand grows and we got a really positive feedback and you would not guess how. <laughs> like we made the, for example, we have an open street, yeah. the New York inspiration. Mm. And uh, we launched it last summer. Last summer, and in the participative budget, yeah. Then there are claims that we want the same street in different uh, neighborhoods, mm. and that's when you are like, okay, so they didn't say we want an open street or we want this. They want that specific uh -huh, copy paste. Story. Yeah. They want a copy paste, and that's yeah. like, okay, that's not so bad to hear. They of want course, a yeah. of something yeah. that's it's a great story. But like, it's a lot of uh, as you mentioned, like in this kind of journey. Uh, sometimes you feel alone, sometimes you feel like many people against you, against your vision, against what you do. And sometimes it affects you mentally. So as a coach, because I know many people listening to us as well from municipalities, but even from other organizations that uh, under the same pressure. So how do you handle this kind of pressure? What you should think about? I don't feel alone. I didn't want to make this impression. I have an amazing team. Mm -hmm. I have actually multiple amazing teams. Mm -hmm. Uh, great people who we managed to capture also yeah. by our vision and, and where we want to go. Uh, looks like more and more people uh, are coming. So that's a great story. And yeah. I'm really proud. I'm really proud and I'm really pleased with my team. I'm very mm. honored to, to work that's with great them to hear because they share the story. Yeah. Uh, and they also put a lot of efforts into, to, to making this happen. Um, 
on the uh, and 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 around as well. We have a huge support network. There are a lot of civil civilian NGOs. Uh, there are a lot of um, change makers, uh, rising stars, idea leaders, thought leaders, who who we share the same story. I mean, I'm coming from the profession, so it's actually ironic when you get to this position. I mean, some people were laughing. I was like, "Hey, you know what my next job is?" Like, and uh, <laughs> finally, a decent conversation uh, <laughs> we can have in the municipality. Yeah, but, you know, there's like this network, and sometimes uh, everybody takes everything for granted. So. So, um, for example, there is in, in a public forum, I'm like alone uh, fighting about the parking spots. <laughs> uh, but uh, but but you know that uh, that that people follow you and 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 they appreciate the effort mm. and uh, and it's a shared story. And when the conversation gets really heated, mm. then it becomes actually it becomes a civil war. But then everybody uh, makes their say, which yeah. is great because then you feel you are really not alone. Mm. And there's really a purpose and really a reason to go for. It. And there's there are communities to to that we that we represent and that we work for. And that's yeah. for me the most important. It's great to hear that. And uh, I also thinking about uh, this aspect because when you come to how to say to district and with a low or the high number of unemployment and uh, problems, and you come to them and say, hey, we're gonna do public spaces, we're gonna take parking to make it more green. How do they react? I mean, do they say, okay, this will not solve our problems, give us a job? Luckily, by now, we don't have such an unemployment crisis, such an employability mm. crisis. Mm. Um, also because, well, in, in Hungary in general, yeah. uh, the employment uh, rate is quite okay. Nice. Uh, I think we have a rather low, even in the European standards, Great. relatively low unemployment rate, and particularly in Budapest. So to be honest, if you want to work, you find a job now. Nice. And um, and usually the conversation is not like that. It's about housing. So we have we do have an issue on housing and the housing stock and the condition of the housing stock and the apartments. That's related both on private housing and public housing. We have a lot of a lot of house. We have four hundred forty five hundred apartments. Okay. Uh, municipal uh, mm-hmm. public apartments. Uh, social houses to so to say and they their condition have some problems but the entire business model on on social housing is really bad uh, eventually super unsustainable the rents are incredibly low so it's really hard to invest back okay. into this story so we are using some other funds mm. now we, we are spending five million euro this year to renovate apartments and houses which okay. is a super huge budget never seen in like 15 years mm. So the the discussion is about housing, not about like uh, the social problems or the unemployment in the district. Uh, not about social uh, problems, but a bit a uh, bit in terms of security. But yeah. I mean that's a long com- long discussion, and I have very strong points on that. But anyway, Budapest in this district is super safe as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, by now, it does yeah, have yeah. huge problems. But I'm talking about these current yeah. issues. So, for example, we can talk about public spaces because people appreciate their environment much more than uh, than 10, 20 years ago. Okay. Uh, also, because uh, because of the housing, like we do, like your first question today uh, related to that, there are a lot of tiny and small apartments. So people want to live uh, outside and spend time outdoors. Uh, so it really is important how these public spaces look like and how they function. Yeah. Um, so not just to be spaces, but actually truly offering mm. places to mm. people. 
Um, so in this both, so it's it's a constant, uh, huge effort to put okay housing and public spaces. Um, sometimes, of course, there's like, yeah, why don't you deal with my apartment? And of course, yeah, exactly. Every yeah. apartment. <laughs> Um, but we are now in a pretty structural yeah. way. We actually are, we next week in a council meeting, we are accepting the new uh, housing plan. Which is about? Apartment plan, uh, which uh, which tells where to renovate, how to renovate. Okay. Uh, uh, takes on a lot of houses and apartments mm. in this program, uh, allocates some budget. Yeah. Uh, we already allocated the budget and we already have some procurements undergoing. So mm. the tenders mm. are on for developments and, and renovations. Yeah. So like yeah, you, there's not so there's so much you can do, but um, but uh, I yeah. think we are putting a significant mm. effort into this story now. So what what are um, let's say two two aspects? What are the challenges and what are the goals that you're gonna work on in the coming years? I'm still still livability is the main keyword that you can most okay. use. I mean sustainability resilience. I use. I started using the word resilience in Budapest, and everybody's like, "What the hell?" And of course, <laughs> as a, it's not good as a, as a decision maker to use words that people what, don't what, understand. What is, what is it? In, what is it in your language? How does this? It's literally uh, just being prepared for challenges, okay, and being uh, um, flexible to mm. those challenges. Mm. Uh, and actually, COVID was it was quite a messed up that when I started using this word a few weeks after there <laughs> came a pandemic and it's like the, yeah. the primary, okay, here's damn a big ass challenge. Okay. <laughs> like, the, like you wanted to hear, okay. Like yeah. for example, our economy was really not damn religion, uh, um, resilient yeah. because when this, when the pandemic hit, like a lot of, lot of, um, enterprises mm. and smaller enterprises were in big trouble. Yeah. So you can't uh, consider this a good story beforehand. Mm. That's actually a governmental question, but I don't want to <laughs> get into that now. Yeah. So this whole, like, um, what I discussed in terms of the public spaces as well. So be mm. future-proof, um, be be happy, be lovable. Basically, the place-making yeah. um, uh, narratives. Um, make the city your living room. Be enjoy being in the city be want to be in the city yeah do want to be in the city mm. and uh, for example now that we are relatively through covid or like let's hope let's hope this uh yeah. no, no other stages uh may return um budapest for example is incredibly vibrant now and basically in the very beginning when i started for example in forbes i was like i want to see these vibrant public spaces where people are not hunted where different public space uses are not a conflict, uh, where we appreciate each other. Mm. Um, so COVID came. So for two years, it's like, well, public yeah. spaces have a whole <laughs> different story. Like you just want to go outside, maybe True. do a bit of workout and stuff. Yeah. It's not like huge meeting, uh, meeting stories. Yeah. And we have a lot of programs now. Uh, people can choose from a lot of different things. We are much more open for organizations. So if from if bottom-up and grassroots initiatives come, are, the administration is much easier to deal with that mm. and make uh, make permits and approval. We have uh, in Nepsin Hazutsa, the most diverse street in Budapest, they, they will make a, a festival again. Uh, last year, the, the Pakistani community made a, made a festival. Yeah. It was a huge success. This year, they find they cooperate with a bigger range yeah. uh, of uh, shop owners. So I'm really looking That's forward nice. to it. Yeah. And it's such a, this was the dream, you know, to facilitate yeah. these stories and this, mm. like, this is your community within a community Yeah. and let's get together and make stuff happen. And, mm. um, that's a bit of creative bureaucracy as well, of course, to make, um, allow these things to, yeah. to, 
to flourish and these stories. Mm. And right now, yeah, to be frank, I see on the public spaces uh, exactly what I wanted to see two and a half years ago. And honestly, I don't even want to go. I love still traveling and going abroad. But for example, I don't really want to go to the countryside and to yeah. whatever, have an ice cream somewhere else because it's just nice to walk out and have the ice cream in the corner. And that's super relaxing enough. And there are people you wave at. Uh, and the city is indeed, and Budapest is indeed, and our district particularly these days uh, are truly becoming our living room and our home. That's so nice. And, and so I'm so happy to see you so attached to the district and to the city. Yeah, well, I grew up in this district and I always live, and I live in Budapest, I, yeah. I, that's my home. So awesome. that's, a, that's a big deal. Yeah. But even the Budapest waterfront, last week we had placemaking days in Budapest and the Budapest yeah. waterfront uh, had some uh, moments and places and situations and atmosphere that uh, that this city badly needs. And yeah. it's so great to show these examples mm. because then it's like, you don't just talk about it and nobody knows what you talk about. Maybe you can you, show an you image show. from a European example. Yeah. Hey, this is what we talk about. And then in the participatory budget, they demand that exactly. <laughs> That's so smart. So before moving to the last uh, section of this episode, I would love to ask you, what is your dream about this project? About our project, like, yeah. let's call it project. Yeah. Um, I would just say the yeah, just going through these values and uh, and keep going uh, uh, with these actual projects. I mean, to have a stronger community eventually within yet. I mean, we don't really know how much time we have because Victor Orban and the government can basically shut the door any second, um, especially since the new elections. But to, to have a stronger community, to have a happier community, to have a healthier community, eventually a resilient com- community mm. that can uh, that can deal with uh, challenges. In terms of space, I have this uh, image in my head about a couple of streets where you just bike with an Oma, Dutch Oma fit, mm. the grandma bicycle. Uh, you can just ring to the vendors, you know, the, the fruit shop waving at yeah. you. And you're ringing the bell, the birds are... You can hear the birds, children are happy playing on the street in a parklet, for instance. Uh, we actually just launched a big traffic mitigation, traffic calming program. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just to, to be in a neighborhood that uh, that people actually proud and content satisfied yeah. to be in. Not like, you know, it's nothing too special. We have like, we have some examples, but we, we it's more like we just start and we come from such a distance yeah. and so far from... The, the process is uh, is demanding. Yeah, very interesting. And I really wish you good luck with this. And I hope you keep us updated about all the, how to say, the Thanks. journey. Ah, in a few hours, I show you some. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, then you have stuff. things on, on the street. So on, in the last section, I have four questions to you. The first question is about what should uh, placemakers stop doing? Um, not, never take anything for granted and never be easy on on discussion with the people with the people uh with the people by the people how do you mean um i feel sometimes that uh we think that uh we think decision makers municipalities architects urban designers always know better uh and no nobody knows better than who lives in the corner Mm. And uh, and also don't think that just because you you made a, a place looking space and a place working space, don't think it's gonna be like that mm. uh, forever. 
things change and you have to be vigilant and uh, and be be aware of uh, yeah. what's happening and put the efforts in uh, for constant programming and making sure that uh, these places work well mm. and what should placemakers what kind of skills should placemakers learn um probably be social skills people skills uh, understanding psychology um communication mm. uh, communication particularly to address what uh, what's good and also to listen listen better understand better and transfer it to yeah. to to future stories um yeah i think so yeah and now the last two questions uh, the first one or before- hon- honestly yeah. just 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 uh, so just an honest curiosity yeah uh the the true deep interest that's what i think ah is the okay what the placemakers you mean yeah yeah uh yeah like be be really um i mean to really feel the place for example yesterday uh here when yeah. i was telling us about your colleague yeah uh about these uh, these places and you can you can feel how much she's attached to it and and she's she, mm. like it's yeah. it's very it's a very internal story yeah you can't just go to a place like i feel so many times though true placemakers makers don't do that right true true but some uh <laughs> wanna be place yeah, yeah. Just go to a place let's do something here yeah. which is like well that's not the way it goes yeah true awesome so in the last two question i hope it's fine for you i will make a video put it on instagram is it fine sure yes so the first question is going to be about you giving me and the listeners three takeaway messages uh stay open and do demand and crave for uh a more resilient and shared future uh be open for for any kind of discussion idea uh whatsoever and 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 be optimistic and <laughs> and you know believe in it yeah like with all the challenges uh it's pretty much our belief what uh, what takes us through yeah and the last question is going to be you asking it to me and to the listener so what is your question to me and to the listener how do you think uh what steps are needed uh really to to get to that future where we can actually coexist and, and live in a sustainable way and uh, basically literally just survive that's where we are right now mm. thank you so much uh, danny uh, i'm happy to see you here in helsinki and hopefully see you in another city with the one more interesting conversation but thank you so much for giving your time to the podcast i was honored to join you guys thanks a lot